We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like disappointing our families during the holidays, how to navigate our partner's bad reviews, and relationship <laughs> muscle memory. But mm. before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. We have not we not ooh, we have not gone to a single course on <laughs> psychology, psychiatry. You know, I see the master class of Esther Perel's like relationship advice, you know, on Masterclass online. Uh, it's like sold to me or targeted to me on Instagram ads. For and I was sure. like, maybe we should just pay for us to take that. Yeah, honestly, so we should like we maybe should four percent more qualified. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but this is all to say Sam and I are not professionals, so please take our advice as you see fit in your life. We are just here to offer our humble musings, so hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, before we get into this week's check-in topic, I do want to give a shout out to our website <laughs> because we are selling new merchandise. Um, if you need to get your fellow Just Break Up fan a present for Hanukkah or Christmas or just because they are awesome, you can go to our website. We've got new t-shirts, new crop tops, new hoodies, new affirmation journals that you can like write your little thoughts in, your big important thoughts, I should say. And we also have new keychains, <laughs> just a bunch of really cute stuff. You could check it out now at justbreakuppod.com. All of the merch is very cute. I love the keychains. Um I think that they're like they're just so fun with the little They're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They're super cute. Um and if you want to join us on a private Zoom, Sam and I, we have an upcoming Just Break Up Office Hours happening on Tuesday, November 9th, nope, 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh you can join us Just Break Up uh, office hours, Zoom with Sam and I um, at Patreon. If you go to Patreon, you can see all the details about that. Yes. Okay. Business out of the way, getting into a check-in <laughs> topic that 
a couple of you sent me in our DMs. There was a recent Vice, I don't know if this qualifies as an article. It's not an article. It is an Instagram post. (laughs) But it's a bold Instagram post. Here we go. Vice said, this is 24 things you need to know about dating. And in the comments, it said, the practice of dating has no internal logic. You think you understand it, and then it wriggles out from underneath you. Uh, but they think that these 24 things are going to somehow help you get a grip of it in some kind of way. So so says the caption. Okay. So this is going to be like, I'm going to fit in as many of these little tidbits as possible. We'll do sort of rapid fire, yay or nay responses to some of these advice. That sounds great. Pieces of advice. Okay. In, the, in this section that says, first things first. Uh, number one out of these 24 things you need to know about dating, one, no one wants to do to, do a, quote, fun activity. <laughs> the only two first dates that exist are going for a drink and going for a walk. Anything else is wrong. Mm. All right, base. Strong, strong start. Bold. Right, right. Very bold. Because you really, you're counting out people who don't walk. Yeah, you, or you're don't counting drink. Out people yeah. who don't drink. <laughs> And if you don't walk and don't drink, then I guess no dates are available for you. Yep. Yeah. Way to go, folks. Way to fucking go. So obviously that's not true. I fucking love a fun activity. Take me axe throwing. Take me. Yeah, that sounds great. Take take me canoeing. Bowling. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Grocery shopping. I went on so many first dates with people where we just got a drink and it was like, not great. My most memorable ones are with like people who like did something different with me. Yeah, remember the car cooking experience? Yeah, you hated that's right. that, but I loved cooking. it. Yeah, well, okay. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next thing. Uh, doesn't matter if you have sex on the first date. If they're going to lose interest after sex, they're going to lose interest after sex. Okay, ideal, ideologically, I agree with that. You could have phrased it in like a little bit more of a sex positive way <laughs> yep. to be like, it's <laughs> totally fine if you have sex on the first date. It's fine if you have sex on the eighth date or never. Um, all is all of that is okay, and sex isn't something to like hoard or prioritize in a way that it will be like demonized against you later. Do you know what I mean? Like the 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 phrasing here that they're going to lose interest after sex. I guess people do do that. They do do that. <laughs> do do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great episode, folks. <laughs> uh, that does happen. So I I. But also I. How about, how about this? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 what I agree with is if they lose interest after sex, then they're not the person for you. Then you've yeah. learned something about them. Let's Absolutely. phrase it that and, way. And better to get it out of the way than like try and be like, oh, if I withhold, <laughs> then they will, then they will somehow like not lose interest. But yeah, I agree with I the g- sentiment of yeah. like, if somebody loses interest in you after sex, it's not because you did it too fast. It's because they're a dick. <laughs> yeah. Because they have different priorities than you do or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's probably the more empathetic way to put it. Number three, 21 to go. (laughs) Don't stalk people. Uh, There's going to be photos of them um, and their ex online. uh, Blah, 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 blah. I mean, which is true and also really tall order. Like if I'm into somebody, I'm going to go to their Instagram account. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Bold use of the word stalking there too. Yeah. And I think like, please don't stalk people for sure. Right. Um, Right. And also like looking at somebody's Instagram before you go on a date with them is fine. (laughs) It's going to like, yes, it's fine. Yes. 
And then and then blanket statement over all of that is they are not going to show up in your life without a past. And so if there's pictures of their exes or if you're yep. like, I don't know what this means about them, like um, that's an impossible thing that you're setting yourself up for. So how about this? Internet um, sleuth responsibly for your heart. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Allow yourself to get excited. Ex uh, dating should be generally pleasant and nothing to be constantly stressed out about. I mean, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, it is stressful for sure. Like, let's not pretend like yeah. people who are stressed out by it are like making shit up. Like it is a stressful thing and we can choose <laughs> to be excited about it too, right? Like, but listen to number five. <laughs> like, just oh God, like, so okay. hold that in your heart and listen to this. It's not you. It's not because you've got huge calves or a giant spot in your forehead. It's because dating sucks right now. <laughs> That's 100% so true. But I feel like they're like, enjoy it. It's not stressful, but it sucks. <laughs> but I mean, it's also not I think about that's you. Like, but I do think it's like internet dating sucks right now. Like let's let's acknowledge that reality, yeah, and then find ways within that reality to like find excitement, right? Like yes, both of those things it's can be yes true at the end. same time. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, similarly, I like this one. Give into uncertainty. Maybe he's bad with his phone, or maybe he's lost interest since you went on and on about your UTI. First of all, a UTI is a fine thing to talk about because it happens. It, it does happen. <laughs> I don't know that we need to talk about bodies. it. <laughs> okay, next time I have a UTI, I'm going <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but yes, uh, you're never going to know fully what is going on in someone else's lives and bodies Absolutely and minds. Um, nope. And that is really hard in dating. Um you cannot, number seven, you cannot control how people feel about you, but you can control how you react to how they feel. Think their loss and go out with your friends. Yep. <laughs> I, I absolutely <laughs> so agree far, with so that. So far so good. On yeah. <laughs> poor start, building back some trust equity. This is really real. Yep. Ah, losing it fast for me. Number eight, never send long paragraph texts. That's, mm-mm. Yeah. That's you can fine. send as long, yeah, do whatever you want. Communicate in whatever style you want. For sure. I mean, like, in a healthy way. But, like, yeah. long period, the assumption that long paragraph text equates, like, a neediness or an over-trying or an over-anxiety or, you know, sometimes I just don't want to send 40 texts in a row and I got yeah, a lot to say to you. And there's, like, a, <laughs> a thing that I need to to talk to you about. Yeah. There's, like, an underlying pulse to that that I don't like. Uh, number nine, women should initiate more. Even the most Neanderthal of males thinks it's hot for a woman to hit on a man. Lots of assumption going on there. There's definitely. And I don't know. I'm not I'm not a man who dates women, <laughs> so I don't know how they feel about women hitting on them. <laughs> well, I've talked to every single man on the planet, and they believe... No, just kidding. <laughs> uh -huh. Whatever. I mean, how about this? People should initiate more if they feel confident enough to do so yes uh, yes yes don't forget number 10 don't play games that's how you build something that won't last what is For, are they talking about board games yeah or emotional? <laughs> love board games <laughs> love games <laughs> we build an entire life off of like a love for board games <laughs> what does it mean to play games that's my question <sighs> like uh yeah you know you know what it means like like uh i'm gonna play hard to get or sure. i'm going to flirt with your friends or something. I don't know. Um, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do I don't that. Know. I don't that know. That doesn't seem I like don't know a good idea. Uh, yeah. But like generally the, the games that we were taught by 
popular culture and rom-coms yes. tend to be not as fruitful or successful as we think. Um, and a lot of them are rooted in like weird anti-emotion things where it's like, you don't mm-hmm. want to show your emotions. You don't want to try so hard. You don't, you know, you don't want to like For you sure. gotta play the game to prove that you're like the cool, chill, chill chick or chill person. I'm not chill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've known you for a while. <laughs> okay. Uh, number 11, you're setting the tone for the relationship in the beginning. Be smart. I don't. I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And also yeah. your relationship can change over time. But like, I think being upfront about what you need and how you want the relationship to go is probably a good idea. It has been fruitful for me in the past. Uh Number 12, it should be, it should feel easy, never toxic. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You should see Sam's face right now. He's like calculating something, you know. I don't like this binary of like, it's either easy or it's toxic, right? Like it can be challenging and productive, right? Yes, and I think the word toxic is tricky because like, I don't want my relationship to feel toxic. That is a, you know, that is a specific sort of like festering unhealed, uncommitted to healing sort of thing, you know? Yep. And also we're all unhealed. We're all going to be our imperfect selves Mm -hmm. and it is going to be difficult at times. It is going to challenge us. It's not always easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Invite them, number 13, invite them around your friends early on. Your friends will spot the red flags you're missing. I I don't disagree with that. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, really? Um, Interesting. I think that what is tricky about that for me is that, again, people's, you just don't know when you're on the outside of a situation or like when you're not in somebody else's body or their experience of another person. So I think that like red flags can be misconstrued, you know, by other people. Yeah. And also red flags hide in privacy. You know what I mean? Yep. In seclusion. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that your friends are going to be like the arbiters of your relationship, but, but getting your friend's point of view is I think important because like you want your partner to be integrated into your life. And if they're like, not, if your friends are like, I don't like this person, then like, that's something that's a a piece of information you're going to need to know about how you want to move forward with your relationship. All right. Number 14, if they want to be with you, they'd have made it happen. Flame emojis in the DMs are not signs. You have (laughs) flame emojis in the DMs are not signs. You are not star-crossed lovers. They're just hungover and bored. (laughs) I deeply agree with this. (laughs) And I feel like Sierra does not, but I'm like, "Mm -mm." no, no, no. I I think it's funny and charming and like 90% (laughs) true. Uh, No, like, uh, yeah, no, flame how about this? Emojis in your DMs is a really easy way to keep you interested. Oh, absolutely. To be like, look at look at my interest in you. You know, look at this literally probably 0.004% effort <laughs> that I'm putting in. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you're going to read into it and be like, oh my God, they still like me. Why are they watching my stories if they don't like me? It's like, because they, they just go through. It's not, like, it's not like they looked for your profile and was like, I'm going to watch this person's stories. They just start automatically. Uh, number 15, sometimes you just need to block them. Accurate. Done. Moving 100%. on. 16, never use someone to make yourself feel better about someone else. 
they will never compare and that will make you feel worse. Meh. Eh. I mean, like sometimes you realize how unhealthy one love was because of how healthy another love is. For sure. And sometimes you just need to feel like. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you need to feel Good. sexy and wanted. And like, sometimes that means that you, you know, yeah. Start a um, thing with somebody. Right. right. It's not, it's not saying never, you know, use someone like that. It's like, sure. Like maybe try not to use people. Um, yeah. It's saying like, you know, oh, somebody dumped you and you're going to go out and like make out with a stranger. Like that sounds mm. pretty a-okay to me. <laughs> I'm into that. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. My favorite so far. <laughs> Number 17. Remember, men can't take pictures and always look better in real life. That's <laughs> honestly accurate. <laughs> honestly, you're starting, you're looking me <laughs> in the Zoom eyeballs and telling me that you're fine with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's okay. Boys are not socialized to think about how they oh look God. in pictures. We are no, not socialized. We have not been no, socialized no, to took, think about you, that. You took it there and you were, you would be correct to be there. I like remember I'm when we did there. that photo shoot and I was like, I don't know where my body is and I don't know what my face looks like. And yes. you were like. <laughs> Sam is posing right now for you guys that can't see it. Subscribe to YouTube to check out what that looked like. Okay. Fair. I also practice over the course of 10 years in which. I had to be in photos to like be in my sure. body and also practice. Yeah. I, I point taken. <laughs> and also I want to go back to the Sam that would say men can't take pictures. All men, every single man. On I mean, I'm with planet. you. I'm with you. <laughs> but and like for the most part, in, you want to tell me they all look better in real life. <laughs> that has been my experience on social, on dating apps so much, especially straight men. <laughs> Where like my friends will be like, oh, I'm talking to this guy Look and they'll show me a picture like, and I'm like, oh, oh okay. And then I like meet him in real life and I'm like, oh, you are like a very attractive man. Why are your pictures all like this? Just like this close yeah. to your face, right. like completely washed out. Fascinating. Learning things about Sam Blackwell on this episode. <laughs> um, and also you took it there and you were right to take it there. Uh, number 18, widen out your type. Yes, please yeah. do. Please do that. Uh, 19, don't feel bad about being sad when you only went on a couple dates. A lot of times the loss of hope, it's the loss of hope that hurts the future you drew in your head. That was like the, probably their best one so far. (laughs) That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, the idea of what a relationship could be and the pain of being rejected for this unknown future. For For sure. sure. Absolutely. Number 20, uh, most times you're not upset over them, but over who you thought they were, what you projected on them, which is basically just an extension of number 20. So if I can talk to whoever wrote this, that would be my editorial (laughs) feedback. (laughs) Kind of phone it in on number 19 and number 20, you know. Could have been 23 instead of 24, you know. (laughs) Nice round. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Odd number. Okay, number... Number 21, um, yeah, they couldn't just make up another huge sprawling assumption about everyone in the world. (laughs) About gender, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Number 21, get your friends to set you up. Just ask. To be cringe is to be free. That's pretty funny and accurate. (laughs) I do love that. (laughs) I do do too. Um, I don't think we often turn to our friends for dating assistance in that way, right? 
No, I don't think so. Except for your epic friend who made a PowerPoint and like sent it to all of her friends, which is just the most boss move I've ever heard of ever. Update, she is dating someone, so. Oh, excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, Through the PowerPoint? I don't know. I didn't ask that question, but I should have. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll report back. (laughs) This is a a good point, though, just to like sit on it for one second. Is that like I, we often feel really alone and isolated and we feel like especially online dating is so... Um, cringe to use their cool. I feel like five percent cooler just saying that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like using trying to use cool lingo. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I never said that in my entire I think you life. Really, I think you really blew it with that explanation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that says a lot about me. So, um, but I would, I would just like second this and say I wish at different times of my life I didn't spend my time feeling so lonely on on dating apps because they felt really fruitless. Although sure. like I did find love on dating apps in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would turn to my friends and say like, Hey, do you have anybody that you could like maybe set me up with? Like mm-hmm. turn to the communities that I was already a part of. Um, That's how I met Peter through friends. Yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. And online dating. Best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Number uh, 22, three more to go. Be careful how you refer to them around your friends or they'll refer to them as quote, lawyer guy or big face for the rest of your relationship. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah. I mean, there, yes, there are, there are people in my life who I still refer to as their nicknames that we gave them <laughs> in when they were dating my friend. So 23, when you match on an app and haven't made plans to meet within 48 hours, it's not happening. I I know you feel torn right now because one, you love to meet in person on dating apps or like you, that's like the, the goal, right? Mm-hmm. And two, you linked up with your husband like six months after linking up on a dating app, right? <laughs> well, we went on a first date very quickly as was my want. And then we didn't go on a second date. Second as date for was like my <laughs> want. Yes. You belong in Bridgerton, like Samuel Edward Blackwell. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. And then we went on a second date six months later, but that wasn't because we weren't meeting up. Like we weren't talking between the, f- the first date and the second date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last one. Talk to them or you'll spend the rest of your life thinking about the cute girl with the septum piercing who was definitely checking you out. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot your shot. Go for it. Yeah. I'm actually going to tell somebody to shoot their shot in this letter or in this episode, and you're going to disagree with me. <laughs> okay. I'm really nervous. Stay oh, tuned. Are you? You're going to tell them to shoot their shot? <laughs> no. No. I'm just going to say, like, what's up? What's good? <laughs> oh, God. I have way other advice than that. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's okay, get into it. Okay, 20 minutes into this episode, <laughs> let's get into our letters. All right, our first letter comes from Just a Human, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from my mother's spiraling mind. <laughs> oh, God, scary place to be. <laughs> Dear Sam and Sierra, I have learned so many things about being human from your beautiful podcast, so thank you so much. I am writing to you both today because I want to spend Thanksgiving with my girlfriend and her extended family in North Carolina. Therefore, I would have to leave New York and spend this made-up holiday that is just a dinner without my mother and family. 
How do I tell my mom? If I say, hey, mom, I want to spend Thanksgiving with my girlfriend, she will instead hear, hey, mom, I don't want to spend my Thanksgiving with you. And also, I hate you. (laughs) I am 25 years old, and I think it is appropriate to spend the holiday with my partner. Yet it still feels wrong to leave my mom to a lonely dinner with just my brother, maybe my dad. It is so hard, but maybe sometimes my mom is just going to have to be upset. Or maybe this simply isn't worth the strain it will put on our relationship. Decisions, decisions. Thank you, heart. Just a human. Oh, thank you so much for writing, Justa. Uh, we love you and we love this question. Samuel, um, before we get into our advice, have you ever had to crush your parents' heart in this way? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Just... It happens every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I, four and a half years in, we this is like one of the first letters that we've gotten about like how to deal with separating holidays. Mm-hmm. And with the holidays approaching, uh, it's perfectly timed. Um, For sure. So what do you think? Um, I think I'll start by just saying like, it's okay to have a lot of conflicting feelings about this. Like wanting to not disappoint your parent, wanting to be with your girlfriend, um, you know, maybe, maybe you feel like you're going to miss your family and your family's traditions, but also like you want to embark on this newness, like the conflicting feelings is the name of the game here for your mother as well, or for your parent as well. Like, I think, you know, your mom's an adult. Your mom was 25 once. Like mm-hmm. I'm hoping that she lives in a body and in a world and in a reality in which she can recognize that like she can want you here at Thanksgiving and also you are your own person, your own adult self. For um, sure. And you're at the time in which you want to go out and explore and have different experiences, make your own traditions. Um, and and the conflicting feelings is where we're going to find some comfort here. It's like it's a mm-hmm. yes and situation. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and I think you're not the only person in the situation that has to navigate, um, holidays with multiple different families. And, um, and it's, it's tricky for lots of people, right. To, to recognize that that means, oh no, that means your mom's going to be alone with your dumb brother, apparently who like isn't good company. Uh, (laughs) right. Like, uh, because that's, that's the reality. Like we have limited capacity to spend (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't see that coming. And I didn't think about that in reading the letter where she's like, alone with my brother. And like, maybe yeah, she's going to have a lonely dinner with my, my brother. Dad. It's like, okay, I'm sorry, your I'm brother sure is such a I'm sure there's a subtext there dork. that we don't know, you know, yeah, like, absolutely, like, don't yes. know what the dad situation is, don't know what the brother stitch is, but uh-huh. I didn't read it like that until you said something. <laughs> That's funny. Um, also, all parents have favorites, let's face it. <laughs> that's <kidding>. very true. <laughs> and of sibling pairs, there's always one that shines bright and the other one's just a dud. Um, oh just kidding. Love you, sister. Uh, <laughs> no, it's love you, inner boy, you know, yeah. like inner child. <laughs> um, yeah, so like this is this is something that lots of folks have to navigate and you are going to figure it out. Right. And you're going to figure it out. Like every year is the, is the fun part about it. Right. Like it is navigating it. Um, and you know, there's, there's ways that you can sort of do some conversation around it. Right. Like we did Thanksgiving with, we're doing Thanksgiving with Peter's family this year because last year we did Thanksgiving with my family. Right. And we sort of like do every other year. So there's a pattern to it, but I loved your question about like, maybe my mom is just going to have to be upset sometimes. And like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I appreciate that you 
know how your mom is going to hear what you are telling her, right. but it's also not your, it's not your job to get her to hear something different than that. Right. Like right. it's her job to actually hear what you are saying and not take that personally. It's not your job to make sure that she is not taking what you're saying personally, because like you have the right to go and yeah. spend your holiday with your partner and their family. Right. Like that is, yes. that is available to you. And, um, <laughs> I have a book for you. Um, <laughs> but re the reality is, is like, you're not going to be able to change your mom. You're not going to change how your mom is going to hear what you say. Um, all you can do is sort of change your response to that, which is to remind yourself it's not your job to make your mom happy all the time. It's not your job to make your mom not take things personally. And my my question for you is, are, is there a story that you're telling yourself about the situation too, right? Are you telling yes. yourself that your mom is going to think that you hate her for saying you want to go someplace else for, else for Thanksgiving? Yes. Whereas she might be handling it super well. I don't know the relationship with your mom, but that's through the processes that I've been through in terms of my own healing around caretaking, I've also had to do some self-work around being like, when Peter yes. says he's fine, he's actually fine, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm making up the fact that he's secretly upset about something. Or when my mom uh, says like, cool, uh, I get that you can't hang out this week. I have to remind myself, I it's my job to believe her when she says that and not assume that she's taking everything personally yes. or secretly mad at me. Um, yes, so just I'm so glad you that. said that. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because while I think the foundation of me trusts the letter writer's assessment of their parent because like they know them and we don't, um, I know myself and while there is a good child in all of us that is conditioned both socially, you know, like by, by society and by our family members to always want to do be that good child, there's also, you know, our anxiety and our fear of disappointing people and mm. our, our desire to be liked and, you know, all of these things in us that that through our, our culture have taught us to like lessen our knees and to be, and to be people pleasers and whatever. Um, and, your parents are adults and they may not interpret it the way your anxiety and fear is telling you they will interpret it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. like there are definitely like emotionally manipulative and immature parents out there. Lord, do I know about that? Um, <laughs> I sure, am one sure. now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You should, when the temple, when temple turns 18, you should give her the book, the adult yeah. children of emotionally immature parents and be like, just read this. <laughs> like, just, just read this and I'm us. sorry. This yep. will save us. <laughs> Literally. That is my approach as a parent. Like here's re inner healing as much as possible, but here's just resources and like a general apology. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the best you can do. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But this is just all to say that like, I think I have been, like Sam said, I have been surprised in the past where like the terrible, you know, soul sucking pain that I think I'm going to cause someone by disappointing them, like isn't quite as soul sucking as I thought it would be. Um, and also we know that there are parents out there that are, that sense of selves and identities are really wrapped up in their family and their children treating them a certain way. And that can be really, really hard. So For sure. I- I trust your intuition, give you that gentle reminder. Um, but most importantly, I want to leave you with the fact that, you know, um, as you get older, 
as we move through this world and create that independent, autonomous world more and more, uh, you are all allowed to create new traditions. Just because we've done something every year doesn't mean it, it is going to be the same every year after that. Like, for sure. you know, nothing is promised. Not, not only is like, do you have to like not eat the same green beans every Thanksgiving, um, you know, nothing is promised <laughs> to us. Next year, who knows what's going to go on? Like we... We just we just saw the first global p- pandemic of our lifetime. You know, sure. we For we sure. saw this true loss of of routine and control. And um, so you're always allowed to create new traditions, um, establish what is important to you and your family and your circle and sure. your partnership. Um, and maybe that's a middle ground where you say like, hey, I'm going to go there for Thanksgiving, but my girlfriend's going to come here for Christmas um, mm-hmm. or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. Um, or it's, uh, yeah, I mean, or it's, it's you have to deal with the discomfort of your independent adult self is not always going to be the child that your parent always imagined and that's for sure that's uncomfortable sure. but that's that's part of their journey as a parent as well all right just a human thank you so much for writing um you will figure out how to move forward through this your mom will be okay i promise uh and <laughs> uh this gets easier as as time goes on yes. and you do it more often so uh yeah. we hope that this helps yeah and thanks for writing because i think it'll help a lot of other people in your situation oh, right for sure. now um, okay. Our speaking next also, com- speaking yeah. of like green beans that we have every year, um, <laughs> like three years ago or something, uh, my sister and I both sort of casually mentioned that neither of us likes Thanksgiving food. Um, like turkey, eh, right? Like green bean casserole, I don't like at all, right? Like, so we were having this conversation about all the Thanksgiving food that we <laughs> don't like. And my mom was with us and she was like, traumatized. So you're telling me. <laughs> that for the last 30 however many years I've been making you all a Thanksgiving feast and neither of you has liked it. Oh my (laughs) God, I love your mother. "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) Now do you guys get sushi or something? Yeah, so we have done a bunch of other things in the past, but now she now she doesn't like make all of the same things. She like actually yeah. asks us what we want to eat, and Aww. it's like a very different experience where it's like, yeah, let's not do turkeys. Let's like just make chickens because chicken is like inherently more tasty than turkey. Uh, anyway, we're gonna get some DMs about that, my friend. I don't care. I I, I stand firm in my belief that turkeys <laughs> are gross meat. <laughs> Okay. Um, no camping, no turkey. You would not have survived. Um, no, absolutely just not. Kidding. I always like to joke that I wouldn't survive um, being born at any other time because I have terrible eyesight. I have terrible hearing that I had a surgery for when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a speech impediment that was like trained out of me. So like without all of those modern things, I would be almost, I almost deaf, like qualified for hearing aids, couldn't see anything and no one would be able to understand me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Back in the day, that probably would have been a challenge. <laughs> yeah. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit <laughs> And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. 
You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Our next letter comes to us from Middle Age Phoenix, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from the ashes of so many bin fires. Dear Sam and Sierra, firstly, a no surprises thank you for all you bring into the world. Mine is certainly richer for your podcast, and I listen every week. I could have written to you so many times over the last few years while I was finding my post-divorce feet in the world of relationships, but I knew the answers would be, quote, black, black, black every time, <laughs> so I saved us all the bother. I love that. 
Now, as I approach my 50th birthday, I appear to have found someone I can truly be myself with who adores me, who treats me so well, and we're soon planning to live together. He is understanding, respects any boundaries I have, has been patient in every situation, and honestly, I can say anything without fear of judgment or problems. This is all an understatement. We get on so well, and after a traumatic upbringing and some really toxic relationship, it feels like a good, true love. He is at the end stage of a divorce and lives alone. I am divorced as well over a decade ago. A couple questions. I have been in codependent relationships, let me fix you, independent relationships, let's just fix ourselves. And now I'm staring at a relationship that promises true interdependence. The trouble is I sometimes struggle to imagine what that should look like. It feels like a feather that when I grasp onto it, it flies off. My tendency is to be independent, a little avoidant, and then with the wrong person, I can become codependent, a little anxious. With this man, I am neither. I suppose I want to know how to stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. Secondly, he had what he has told me was a relationship that became a friendship that just ended just a few years ago. Through the pandemic, I think they saw each other as friends a few times, and he last saw her just after Christmas, shortly after our first date. From his perspective, it was not a romance, but it seemed she was hoping it would rekindle. Bizarrely, her profile appeared on my social media. We share followers. And when I looked her up, she was implying that they had just broken up and he treated her terribly by ghosting her and not giving her any answers. I have broached the topic a couple of times and he has said that she was a good friend, but no more. And it hadn't been a romance for years. Given he had to move back in with his ex-wife during the pandemic, that's his bin fire, not mine. I'm certain that's true. But when I look back on social media, she's always saying that they just broke up, always says it was just a couple months ago. I don't want to keep bothering him about it because firstly, I don't want to seem paranoid. And secondly, he treats me so well. He said they just didn't have enough in common, but she seems to think that he destroyed her. I see no evidence whatsoever of this behavior and certainly not towards me. And I have a highly activated nervous system about this kind of stuff. He has alluded to some bad decision he made over the past few years, and I think he probably still feels ashamed that he may have led her on. You know, these people we keep a conversation open with because the alternative is a chasm of loneliness. I know I have done it. Mm. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I can predict your answer maybe that I should just stop looking. Yes, I should. But the real question is, how do I stop judging someone based on perceived behavior to an ex? I know that if I got some of my exes to write reviews of me, oh my God, terrifying concept. It's a horrifying idea. Like that's a Black Mirror episode. Uh, Can you imagine? <laughs> I would die. Woo. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my current love would be doubtless uh, tempted to run a mile. So the same applies here, I guess. Maybe I'm answering my own questions, but thought they would be interesting things to explore. Once again, thank you. You're both precious gems in the treasure chest of life. I love that. I love you. I also want I a drawing you. of. <laughs> I want a drawing of us in a treasure As chest, gems. and we're like two gems smiling at each other. Ding. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> at each other. Aw, cute. Uh, okay. All right, middle-aged Phoenix, thank you so much for these questions. I totally agree. They are definitely the type of things I would love to muse about with and for you. Mm -hmm. uh, do we want to break them into separate categories or just go into it? Yeah, I think we separate. should separate them because there seems to be two questions. Um, one yes. about sort of like, how do I let myself be comfortable 
in a relationship that feels yeah. really secure when I'm used to being either yes. anxious or avoidant. And the second question of my ex, my ex or my partner's ex has this narrative about how their relationship ended that is different than my ex's and how am I supposed to navigate that? Yes. Um, so I think that in terms of like, how do you find security or like, how do you know you're on the path to interdependence? Like, I'm, I'm curious what this would feel like if you stopped questioning what it will feel like. I, I think that there <laughs> is a lot of over-analysis that we're doing of ourselves and our partnerships in this era. For sure. Can I, you know, let me just say, I make a living off of that <laughs> over-analysis. And my relationship Very is true. based upon it. You know, the growth mm-hmm. and the healing that I have found from analyzing myself and my and my urges and my history and my desires and doing that in tandem with my partner. And how does that show up in my relationship? So like relationship analysis and self-analysis is a good thing at its core. But I think I have seen it and I'm curious as to whether you agree or not. I've seen it show up in our letters and in ourselves like this, this sort of anxiety about like, Am I doing this right? Mm. How how am I going to know if this feels right? Uh, you know, and it for me, it is the, it's deeply relatable. And it's also, there is no now-ness in it. There's no, you know, we've, been, we've become so good at building ourselves up or like ana- analyzing ourselves or discovering our urges that it takes, it takes away the now-ness and focuses on, well, what does this mean? What does this lead to? Where does this come from? Oh, for sure. Um, Absolutely. You know, and so I think it like squashes our intuition a little and squashes, um, I don't know, all humans grasp. You know, I was talking about this with my spouse the other day about like this this yearning that we have um, to change and be better and to understand and to protect ourselves. And, you know, we're, we, even in the happiest relationships, we, we grasp it. I don't want this to change. I want more time. I'm afraid they're going to change and leave me. Like, how can I prevent this? Um, even when everything is just as what we want it to be, we grasp for things. And I think, I think I've seen that more and more with the rise of self-help and with the rise of self-awareness, which is a good thing ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think too much of a good thing is that a phrase? Yeah, too much of a good thing. Yep. Like too much cake sort of thing. Yeah, and then your tummy hurts for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you yeah. say tummy, <laughs> so like out of character for you. I imagine Sam saying like your your stomach. Yeah, you know? your stomach hurts. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and one of the things that like that I'm working on in therapy is that recognizing that my emotions aren't telling me a bigger story about something, right? Like that it's like, um, in this example, like, oh, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. That right. must mean that the other shoe, either the other shoe is going to drop or that I'm worrying too much about this. Right. right? And then instead of being like, um, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling worried about this, um, it makes sense that I'm feeling worried because uh, of all these things that have happened to me in the past. My emotion isn't telling me a story or a secret about something that I don't already know, right? Mm. Like it's not, it's not telling me something. I think that I conflated 
trusting my emotions with trusting my intuition, which are Mm -hmm. for me, two different things because my emotions are products of things that like trauma that I've had, (laughs) right? Like they are products of like stories about myself and other people that aren't necessarily true. And so my thing is to say like, is to right size my emotions and not be like, Ooh, my anxiety must, my anxiety is going off. The warning bells are going off. That must be something, mean something is bad. And instead mm. being like my alarm bells are going off because I have a hair trigger. <laughs> like, yes. the, right. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm in danger. It just means that I have a hair trigger when it comes to my alarm bells. And so my thing is like trusting my own understanding of what's going on around me more than the hair trigger alarm bells that that are going off. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening for you, Phoenix, right? Like this idea of like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like paying hyper attention to things. And I want you to pay attention to the things that you've told us about that are going really well, right? And trust mm-hmm. that. And trust the fact that if things start to not go well, you're going to know what to do. You're going to know how right. to get yourself out of that situation. You're going to know what you need to do in that because of all of this world experience that you have had that has taught you about what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what's toxic, what's not toxic, right? Like trust yourself to 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 be strong enough to find a way through it if it doesn't work. But otherwise, if it's working right now, tell those alarm bells like, mm-hmm, yep, there's no here, there's no danger here. I, I hear right. you. I hear that these alarm bells are going off, but that's because a squirrel walked by, not because there's an intruder <laughs> trying to get in, <laughs> right? Like, funny. Squirrels are going to happen. <laughs> Damn so, like, squirrel. we don't. <laughs> yeah. They eat all my pumpkins, man. <laughs> I know. I feel like the squirrels this year were like vicious about the pumpkins. Literally, Every single my pumpkin, pumpkin I saw. I never had to throw them away. They just carried them off. I swear to God. <laughs> I, they, I just came up one day and they were like half eaten. And the next day they were gone. Yeah, I was like anyway. walking around my neighborhood and I was like, not a single pumpkin has been untouched <laughs> by a squirrel in this. Uh, okay. In this cute neighborhood. little squirrel. Man, I feel like it's been a minute since we had a wild tangent. So here we go. My mother told me about this cute thing you can do if you celebrate Halloween and want to put pumpkins out on your porch. So remember this for 11 months next from year. now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You put a little, you put holes in where their eyes and mouth and, um, or eyes and mouth would be like little pencil holes. And then you fill the holes with peanut butter and then the squirrels go wild, chew out those, those holes. And it, what you're left with is like a terrifying looking pumpkin. That's a really clever idea. It's, and Google it. It's very cute. Way and to go, Sears, horrifying look. Thank you. Thank you. I will accept that <laughs> compliment for my mother on behalf of the internet because that's where she found that idea. <laughs> okay, tangent over. Going back to the Phoenix. Um, going to the second part of the letter. Phenomenal question. How do I deal with my... How do I stop judging my partner based on their past or perceived past that, you know, we right. can't, we can't get a true or a false experience out of this. Right. And I just like general caveat, um, you know, Sam and I are not saying ignore your partner's past in a black and white sort of way, Yeah, you know, but I was thinking about it, like in my notes, I'm like, you know, I'm not talking about murder or assault <laughs> or right. emo- emotional abuse. But then I was like, but maybe I am <laughs> because like this, this relationship review um, idea that Phoenix brings up, like 
I have been two different people with two different exes. You know, I have been, there are Mm -hmm. certain people in my past that brought out just the worst, most unhealed parts of me. Mm -hmm. And like, I would not want my current healthy partnership held to that person that I was. And aren't I allowed to get better and do better? Like, aren't, and with the person who was right for me, you know, like this, this, this is not excusing past behavior. This is not condoning it, but I'm just trying to be realistic that like, I would not want my, well, first of all, my wife knows how I acted in those past relationships because all I do is fucking talk about my fucking <laughs> past relationships, talk about over analyzing shit. <laughs> and also like, I, I, I wouldn't want you all, I wouldn't want the Just Break Up community to hold me to who I was. No, me neither. Absolutely not. Was not a great person to date for a while there. (laughs) Let me me tell (laughs) you. No. I was not a great person to know for a while. (laughs) (gasps) You were always great for me to know. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) boo-boo. Okay. So... I just want to start with that, I guess, is that like, this is a, this is not a black and white conversation. We don't know this other person, Mm -mm. Um, but taking it at this surface level that we have access to. So you've got a great partner. You've got a partner that you feel safe with and you trust him to be trustworthy when you say, what's going on? Why is this? Why is there this disparate accounting that's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, My perception of like, what went down is like he probably ghosted her because he started dating you. Yeah, that's that's my that's my guess is that there was probably yeah. exactly what you said of like um loneliness void lonely, filling. Yeah, like meeting up, maybe it felt more romantic than it was. Maybe it was hooking up and for him it was a hookup and for her it was something else, right? Like and again it's it's not to not to say that that behavior is okay, right? Like not to say that like he should be doing that or people should be doing that because, you know, we want folks to be as upfront as possible about their intentions with other people mm-hmm. um, so that folks aren't in situations where they feel like they haven't consented to this particular t- relationship in this particular way. And relationships are fucking complicated. Um, and people's expectations of relationships are really complicated. And even as Sierra and I talk about this all the time, two people may be in a relationship together and they're having different relationships because they are in different bodies and have different understandings of what's going on because none of us will ever have exactly shared meaning about what is happening in our relationship. Yeah. Um, we can try and talk about it as much as possible and be as honest as possible, but like, we're always going to have different perceptions of things. Um, and so like the fact that she has a different understanding of what went down and he has a different understanding of like, that's not a red flag to me. That's like, yep, that mm. sounds like a relationship to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a possibility for you to continue to talk about this and, and say like, what are these bad things that you're alluding to? And then decide whether or not that feels like it rises to the, the, like a fireable offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh a, God, like a, like a breakup situation. Um, but I don't think that you're wrong for trusting your, your partner in being like, he's telling me that he didn't do bad things to this person, that his things are being misconstrued or misunderstood, especially if he's not like 
she's fucking crazy or like whatever. Like I've never done anything wrong in my life, but instead being like, this is how the relationship felt to me. And it's obviously something different to her. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry that she feels that way. Right. You know what I mean? Like this. Yeah. It doesn't strike me that he's like totally dismissive or totally lying about the situation, but instead just like you acknowledging the fact that like, especially when we hurt people, they have a part- a very particular understanding of, of us, us. Yeah. and are going to tell people that experience. And that experience is true because we hurt them. Right. Like, and it doesn't mean that it's true of your partner, right? It doesn't mean right. that it is like in inherent to his his personality or to like his being, but it is true that he hurt this person and that this person has been hurt by him and continues to be hurt by him, right? And but that's right. not a that's not a, a huge issue because we can't move through this world without hurting people, right? Right. And I think again, the internet uh, gives us great access to our partner's past when like. You know, I mean, you know this when you met your ex um, partner who you got divorced from, like, I don't know if you had access to their dating history, the way you have access to this person's dating history. Right. The fact that social media connects us with, you know, people you may know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's 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 not great for our mental health. Um, and I guess like maybe this is the discomfort that I'm going to sit with when I leave this comfort conversation is that like. So what if he did totally lead her on, you know, like what if he was like, oh, I love you. And he said that to fill whatever void or to keep her interested or, or I don't know, whatever we do when we need, when we want other people. Um, uh, how do we lean into the discomfort that like our, we are not our past, yep. that we are not our best all of the time, that we, that the people we love have been their imperfect selves long before we met them and put them on a pedestal. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to think about. Like For I don't sure. want Willow, my, my wife to know the, the intimate details of how shitty I was to people. <laughs> I mean, she knows most <laughs> of it really. She does. I um, just have her call me and we'll, I'll talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we have too many skeletons, my friend. And that door goes both ways. <laughs> it does. It's just like it's two closets connected door of our drama. Like, with a door between them. And our skeletons just like go in they're between. High-fiving. Yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're like holding uh, hands. Anyway. But it, how, how about this? It, you know, I, d- I actually agree with Sam that like it is a great vulnerability practice to talk about our past, our choices and our decisions behind them. Like, I, and if we're going to ask our partners to do that, if they're, if we're going to ask them to self-reflect, we have to be ready to hear parts yep. of them that we don't like, right? Yep. People, we have to be given the opportunity to be better, to be different. Let's just say to be different, to do differently mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to think about that. It's uncomfortable to think that like my my love could have loved someone else in the past and could have and could have really hurt them yeah. in a way that like irrevocably just like damaged that person. I mean, not irrevocably damaged, but you know, the way that big love, <laughs> I yeah. don't know, that was a little dramatic, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you know, how about this? My wife, when we dated the first time in 2007, she crushed me. She did. She, she crushed, crushed me. your little heart. And I heart. crushed her. And yeah. I crushed her. You know, like I was, yeah, a little back and forth crushing, you know? <laughs> and if we held each other to that, um, we wouldn't be, 
together today. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but it it is uncomfortable. And I guess the first stage to making it less uncomfortable is just making space for that. That, for sure. that it's complicated. It's icky. We don't like feeling, we don't like seeing people as this multifaceted, like messy, imperfect versions of ourselves. For sure. Absolutely. Um, who have the capacity to are. hurt other people, right? Because if they yes. have the capacity to hurt other people, then they must have it to hurt us yeah. too. Yes. Um, and that's really scary. Yeah. And let me just say this. Um, I think it's okay for you to keep asking him about this because you feel like there's a lack of clarity here. Um, I want him to be able to respond to you and not be like withholding. And also we have to accept our ex's answers. Like mm-hmm. Willow, before she met me, didn't really talk about her exes. Like didn't really talk about her romantic history with other people. Had to get used sure. to how much I fucking talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so there's gotta be a give and take there in talking about the past as well. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I just love it when people are like, how did this podcast start? And I was like, um, my friend and I just, just like really liked talking about relationships. <laughs> Seriously, like people would be like sleeping in the corner and we'd still be like talking about like our past relationships. Uh, And now we've, we've turned it into a thriving business. Monetized. (laughs) Maybe not thriving. Uh, Yeah. Somewhat successful business. Yeah. Existing. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) On that note, make sure to like, subscribe, share, comment. Uh, you and know, support we, us on Patreon. Yep. Uh, <laughs> thriving would not be the word that we would use, but also like just, we're still here, but we absolutely and deeply so rely for, on your support. <laughs> yes. So thankful for all of your support. Uh, we are silly today. Okay. My darling Phoenix, we hope that this helps and adds some nuance and compassion to your um, experience. Um, but great questions. Really appreciate them. And absolutely. we hope this helps. We love you. And also we love the first letter writer too. I don't think we actually said that out loud. Oh my God, we love you. Yeah, right. Thank you. All right. I don't even want to read this last letter because I know what your advice is going to be and I'm mad it's about not, it. I remembered most of it. I remembered most of the letter and it's not that. It's it's not shoot your shot. It's it's like, it's not shoot your shot. But the first time I read it, I was like, so what's up here? Why don't you guys just like reconnect and get married like me and Willow? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. This letter comes from a small, sad dumpster fire whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from Canada. Dear Sam and Sierra, a few months ago, I, 29, she, her, reconnected with my long distance ex-boyfriend, 28, he, him. For context, he is from the UK and I am in Canada. We broke up about nine months ago, but have always had a weird on and off communication over social media throughout the years. Most of the time, communication would involve him vague posting about me or our relationship <laughs> on his Tumblr. <laughs> Shoot your shot. So, Listen, I, that's not shooting your shot. That's leaving breadcrumbs. But other times it would be more direct, like adding me back on Instagram and making small talk. Side note. I noticed this would often happen in between his relationships and he would end up deleting me again out of the blue only a short time after. after. Shoot your shot? Is that so where we're going? No, no, just get through the letter and I'll explain my thinking. Okay. 
And I would feed into this behavior as well. <laughs> I would frequently, <laughs> I would frequently check his pages just to see if he said anything about me. Sometimes I would make vague Tumblr posts in response or reblog something like a song of ours or some image that felt relatable. I would only stop this behavior when I was in a relationship and it was easier to not think about him. Fast forward to our most recent reconnection. He had added me back on Instagram and we were both just liking each other's photos without saying anything. I decided to reach out and message him directly and eventually he responded. He claimed he was only doing a lot of this weird stuff as a way to say hi and let me know he was here. So we started chatting more after that. And honestly, it was really, really nice. It was the first time in years that we talked about things beyond awkward small talk. It was so easy and felt like our conversations used to be. He even made a point to tell me that he really enjoyed talking to me. We were eventually speaking almost every day. Having the friendship again felt great, but there were just a few issues with it. Mainly, he would still post vague messages and songs related to us (laughs) on his Tumblr. Things like, I wish I could say everything I want to, or sharing some old City and Color songs from when we were together. The thing is, he's in a long-term relationship. He didn't talk much about his girlfriend, aside from one remark about him tending to just lay down and take it whenever he'd get in an argument with her. He had also made posts in the past about their relationship issues and at one point even mentioned that they might be going through a breakup. Initially, I had thought that it might have been why he reached out in the first place. Speaking to him made me realize that I don't think I ever fully got over him and a lot of old feelings resurfaced. For the past nine years, I had been carrying a lot of regret about our breakup. Our relationship had fallen apart shortly after I told him I had cheated on him and made out with someone else. Even though we had a lot of arguments about it, he wanted to try and make things work with us instead of breaking up. At the time, I struggled dealing with conflict and often just shut down in these arguments. Eventually, I decided to end the relationship thinking things would get better, especially with the distance. Seeing the posts he was making about me now and having all these pesky romantic nostalgic feelings pop up, I told him that I still had feelings for him and I wasn't sure I could just be friends with him. He told me that he didn't know that I still felt that way. And when I brought up the posts, he mentioned that I had, quote, stirred up some feelings, but also that, quote, that's just what we do to each other on Tumblr all the time. I ended up taking a week-long break from talking to him so I could, quote, sort out my feelings. Spoiler, I did not. (laughs) We ended... We ended up talking again for a few weeks until he ghosted me out of the blue for a month. Just saying, just reiterating that point. <laughs> I hear, I heard it and I'm ready to defend my very small really, point of view. I'm really excited. Are you ready? Uh, well, the letter's Keep not done reading. Yet. <laughs> he suddenly stopped responding to all my messages without giving me a reason as to why. I kept wondering if I had said something to scare him off. Having him ghost me without so much as a, sorry, I can't talk to you, was really confusing and really painful. Yeah. A month later, he finally got back to me and apologized for ghosting. He said he was struggling with resurfacing feelings and needed the time to sort his head out, but that he still wanted to be friends. I told him I needed some time to think about it first. After a week, I ultimately decided it would be best if we stopped talking for a while. I told him I couldn't just be friends with him because I would always be hoping for something more and that would end in heartbreak for me. So I blocked him on social media and had him block me. And he said I could always find his Tumblr and message him if he ever wanted to talk again. So about a week after that effort to block each other, guess what? I got the urge to look at his Tumblr. Do we need Uh, to define what blocking is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it means you don't go to their Tumblr. Uh, And you block their Tumblr too. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like, it's like, we'll block each other, but also here's a way to contact me if you need to. And it's like, that's not the vibe. If you send a pigeon, this is my address. (laughs) 
He had posted other another song with lyrics like, quote, I will never find another you. So, of course, my little dumpster fire brain decides to message him, and we joke about how bad we are at staying no contact. Later on, he makes a post that says, quote, I'm drunk and I miss you. I just want to know, like, the, the significant other that is in this picture, like, does she she or he or they not have access to this Tumblr account? Great question. Great question. Yeah. Okay. So I message him about it, and I mention seeing the post and ask if he wants to talk about it. I then immediately apologize for messaging and that I just hope that he's doing okay. He eventually responds and says that it's okay and that we're both bad at staying and no contact. He then says we probably shouldn't talk for a while and that we both need to take a break. So we end up blocking each other again. Logically, I know that no going no contact is what's best right now, but it's been really difficult to deal with. I'm just feeling so confused about everything. He would make these vague posts suggesting he felt one way and then say something different to my face. I was always very upfront about my feelings with him, so it was just really frustrating when he couldn't do the same. I felt like it, I was, for lack of a better word, crazy. Maybe I had just projected my own feelings onto him, and these were obviously just normal, friendly posts. I feel like if he had been more straightforward in his rejection to my feelings, I could move on more easily. But because of the things he was posting, I still had this silly little hope that he felt the same about me. So thank you for reading my long rambling story. I would love to hear your advice, thoughts, musings on how I can move on and get myself through this re-breakup-ish situation. I've done a lot of therapy and major head and heart work over the years, and I feel like this desire for this old relationship is something that just continues to hold me back in my growth. Thanks again Mm. for reading. so a small, sad dumpster fire. Okay. Let me defend myself. <laughs> Please, Joe. So when I first read this letter, it was a brief skim. Okay. <laughs> I was skimming it. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, great. Yep. You're being and efficient. I, couldn't see... I appreciate that. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, it is not that I'm saying these two are Starcross lovers. In fact, I'm going to argue towards the block, towards the not talking and why that this is, why vague messages are cheap, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will, there's something in me that's like, why this 10 year or whatever, nine year long vague messaging back and forth, why don't y'all just be like, we like each other, let's do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. it, I guess I'm questioning, like it can't be vague messages. Yep. Back and forth absolutely. is cheap and vague messages are easy and you can't take them to the bank and can't take them to the relationship. So if you actually fucking have feelings for each other, then. then Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And uh, so I'm that's what. Okay, cool. So that's, it's not like, it's not like I'm like, oh my God, this behavior is hot yeah. and romantic. And you know, it's not Shoot that. Your shot, babe. Yeah. It's more just like, so nine years is a long time and. I think that if Willow was like a tumbler or like a social media person, I would have done this dance with her forever, you know? Oh, for and I'm sure. Not, I'm not saying that she, that we, I'm not saying go and marry this person. Um, but I, yeah, it's a shit or get off the pot sort of thing. It's like, yep. it's like, you know, and, and I think about other relationships that were, that are more unhealthy than my curtain partnership in my life that they kept me kind of like, on call, you know, or they kept me on speed, emotional speed dial that they could just like press a button. Beep, 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 beep. Here comes Sierra's fucking feelings for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like DoorDash, but for Sierra's feelings. (laughs) Yeah. This is my favorite thing I've ever said on the show ever because it is so 
true. You uh-huh. leave me on red once, <clears throat> beep, 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 here they come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so true. That you is say absolutely one, true. one mildly warm thing about my appearance, beep, 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 she does it for the rest of time. <laughs> are we about to talk about, are we about no, to talk about no, the man? No, we're not talking about that person today. <laughs> No, that person is blocked emotionally. Never talk about that person again. Anyway, let me talk about how back and forth is cheap. Uh, T.O., I totally said nine months ago when I read the letter and not nine years ago. And I feel like it's a very very important distinction. Nine years ago. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Um, this has been going on. Yeah, if nine months ago, they're like, Sierra... Go take that Esther Perel class, girl. <laughs> you are. <laughs> You're messy. You're messy, but you okay. love drama. But let me. Okay. I want to say something about this letter. Just one thing. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Please say you your say piece. Like, you say, oh, I am not over this person. You know, these posts are confusing. Um, I just want to say it's really easy not to get over someone when you keep the door open for them and that goes both ways again another two-way door this person (laughs) has kept a door open for you and you've kept a door open for them but it's not it's it's a kitty door it's not a door for a a whole human man person you know um and so the feelings that you're letting in are these feelings of you know you know what i'm talking about like it's the feelings Mm -hmm. of how good it is to know that he still wants you or still thinks about you. The the immediate affirmation of this longing, of this nostalgia, of the love that had never been. Well, I guess my shoot your shot comment earlier is really like, well, so what? So what's good? Like, where has it never? Why has it never been? <laughs> because sure. we haven't. We can't fit through this whole door. We yep. can't fit through this kitty door. Absolutely, and I. I it's really easy to to vague book people, right? Like, it's really easy to post sappy lyrics on your Tumblr or say, I'm drunk and I miss you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And at least post a Sierra de Mulder poem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Honestly. (laughs) Yes. You have one about unrequited love. So you could definitely. Yeah. The unrequited love poem, folks. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Um, Yes. And it's like really easy. It's really easy to do that. It is really challenging to actually be in a relationship and like make good on the feelings that you have. And yeah. And like the thing is, is that like you have named some of the patterns that he's exhibiting in your letter that are like he comes into my life when he's when a relationship is over and then he ghosts me when a relationship has started. Right. Or when his relationship's on the rocks, then suddenly he reaches out again and starts liking my stuff. Uh, and then he will ghost me for a month, right? Like, and I want you to like look at the pattern of that and recognize that that's not actual feelings for you, right? They may like some be like some like nostalgia in there, but real feelings for you doesn't look like coming into your life when he's lonely and then leaving when he's in a relationship, right? Like feelings for you, actual wanting to be with you looks like hey, let's make this work, right? Right. Let me talk to you about how I'm feeling and not say, I have too many feelings right now. I need to take a break from you, right? Like, because that is so fucking intoxicating, to be clear. Like, I'm sort of speaking about this from, again, our our rainbow tower. And it's like really easy to be like, notice the pattern. (laughs) But like when you're in it, like that feeling of like- 
oh, I can't talk to you because my feelings for you are too strong is like, oh my God, I like my brain just like flooded with all sorts of like endorphins and I'm not even, it's not even happening to me. I'm just like hypothetically thinking about it. So it's about like, how are we again, sort of like recognizing that like this pattern of behavior leads to the same outcome over and over and over again, which is you feeling really intoxicated by these brain chemicals and then feeling completely like totally let down by the fact that this man isn't talking to you anymore. Yes. Right. And, and so far that's the only pattern that your relationship has had. And it's Mm. like, it's, you're using this muscle memory to do the same thing over and over again. Right. Yeah. When he reaches out, this is what happens in my body. This is how I respond. Right. Yes. And I want you to disrupt some of that. And I want you to take a higher level view of this and sort of get out of your body a little bit, right? Like, yes, I really, I very rarely tell people to like get out of their bodies because I think it's very important to be embodied, but I want you to get up into like the stratosphere and look at the patterns of behavior here and take some of that and recognize that like, in some ways, the like endorphins in your brain are lying to you about this man, right? Mm. Like they are telling you that he is much closer to you than he actually is. And this man is exploiting those those brain chemicals, right? Probably because his own brain chemicals are like doing weird things to him. But it's not telling you that there's a deep and abiding love here. It's telling you that like this man is in some way relieving a loneliness perhaps, but not actually showing up in a way that's going to be nutritious and sustainable for you. Yes, totally. Um, And, you know, sometimes moving on from someone um, or something isn't those feelings going away. Sometimes moving on is deciding you don't want to entertain those feelings anymore. You don't want to do Mm-hmm. the call and response that you've done for nine years. And don't get me wrong. Like we're kind of like going in on this letter and laughing a lot. Like this is so relatable. This is, 100%. this is, I talk about this muscle memory just two or one check-in topic ago about my own life and my own feelings for sure. within my happy marriage, you know? So like, this is not, um, maybe that's a good thing too. Maybe this isn't, it's not unique to this unrequited love story or unfulfilled love story, you know? Absolutely. And I, Um, there are still people who come back into my life and I, and like the brain chemicals go off and I'm, and it's like, oh my God, I really just like want that person. I wanted that person's attention. I like want to go off all of these things of like what could have been. And it's like, yeah, you did think he was very hot. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Can you imagine if you were still in contact with him? (laughs) <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Your ex? You're right. He was really hot. So uh, I had to block him on all social media that I don't have. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he um, just keeps coming into my DMs and being like, hi, I might be bisexual. And I'm like, okay, I'll teach you. <laughs> I'll teach you. That's the most toxic thing you've ever said on the show. <laughs> anyway. Uh... <laughs> Finishing this uh, chaotic episode out, <laughs> just to say, um, you know, no, you didn't misinterpret those posts. Those they were not normal, friendly posts. No, they absolutely were not. intent. They were not manipulative, but they were intentional. They were yep. a call and a response, a dance that you two have learned to exist in. For and sure. it's okay to get affirmation from other people. It's okay to want to know that he still wants you. Yep, but. For me, personally, in my body, part of, like, 
honestly, part of moving on and living um, my happy, authentic life in a partnership that I'm really proud of was telling myself that that good feeling, that good affirmation I got from the person who sends a fire emoji in my DMs, you know, when I post a cute picture that I texted back and forth for five years or whatever, like that is, that's cheap. That's, that's not the foundation, cheap as in like quick and easy, not cheap as in superficial. Um, But also superficial. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not, yes, no, you're right. But that's not, I'm saying it's not, it's not bad to want to be affirmed, but I think for me, in order to start cultivating the types of relationships that I wanted, I had to close some of those doors that Hmm. if, and it, and part of closing the doors wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to feel this way anymore. It's I'm not going to act on these feelings anymore. Yes, absolutely. It's about seeking out things besides just that flood of butterflies or that flood of like, oh, yeah. I need this person, right? And recognizing that like that's an important thing. And yeah. there's a list of other things that are just as important as having those feelings. And those, I need to be seeking somebody who's going to be able to to reciprocate things that are deeper than just these like flitting feelings of, oh, I want this person back or I miss them or whatever it is that that we do, we all do when we're sort of around people who we have, I don't know, like for or like nostalgia for or whatever sort of emotion is coming up for us. So all this to say, this is hard. Um, I know that we've been sort of talking about it in like real brass tacks way, but it's it's hard to resist those emotions. And um, it's hard when you have this long of a history with each other to break some of those patterns. Um, but we... We think that this is a real make or break situation for you, right? Something needs to change so that this doesn't continue to happen because you're you're spending a lot of time and energy on this thing that that this man that doesn't seem like something that's going to be sustainable for you. And I want you to be spending more time and energy on places that are going to bring you joy, that are going to be nutritious for you, whether that's a relationship with somebody else or whether that is other things that you love and enjoy and want to do. Um, And I don't think that this man is it. And I know that that's hard to hear. And I know that it's hard to break that habit, but I, I have faith that you're going to be able to figure out how to do it. Um, Even if sometimes you backslide as we all do in these really hairy situations. Absolutely. We love you so much. Thank you for writing. We hope this helps. We love you. All right, everyone. This brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to like. This week, we want to send you home with... It's, um, he's a Instagram personality, a songwriter, producer, storyteller, creator, um, that I found through the man enough podcast. The man enough podcast is that Justin Baldini and crew. Um, I talked about, um, the phenomenal, phenomenal interview with Alok Vedmenen, you know, months ago. So, uh, the creator's name is Charity Croft. Um, he is a, um, uh, a songwriter, rapper, um, storyteller, and honestly, like his account is so eclectic, so informative, so joyful, and so um, knowledgeable. Like I found him through a post that uh, I, I think he's I think he's creating with the Man Enough podcast um, now. I oh, cool. um, and he posted 
this great reel about masculinity, about the fact that like 90% of all murders are done by men and Mm -hmm. the majority of suicides are by men. And so like, what do we, how can we make feelings more accessible for men to talk about? Because it's being funneled into anger and violence and Mm -hmm. violence against the self and violence against others. Anyway. um, So I saw this reel and was like immediate, it was like an immediate follow. Um, And also he talks about like generational wealth and black culture and, music and um the law of attraction so he's like he's like vaguely spiritual as well (laughs) i don't know i just like really enjoy um his content um and the you know i think especially as like a fellow creator you know we create on this podcast every week we put ourselves out there we Mm -hmm. put you know action behind our beliefs and it can be really scary and exciting and it also is like what changes and what directs the world this this energy or or this effort or whatever um and he's definitely a voice and a creator that i'd like to see more of so check him out on instagram his name is charity croff um c-r-o-f-f um and you, if you can't find him that way you can just find him through the man enough podcast instagram um but yeah check out charity i love it All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our relationships. No, you cannot. Please do not slide into my relationship. I do not need that. Oh my God. You you can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com which is also where you can find our brand new merchandise order it now get it for the holidays it's some cute shit y'all love it please remember to follow and subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review where you get your podcasts and consider supporting us on patreon if you support us on patreon for as little as five dollars a month you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode if you support us at an annual level or at ten dollars a month you will also get to join us in our office hours, which are a monthly Zoom meeting with uh, me and Sierra where we shoot the shit and answer questions. Super fun. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, producing, editing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his newest podcast, Dang, That's Weird, wherever you listen. And remember, feelings don't always have a secret that they are trying to reveal to us, or sometimes what our feelings are trying to warn us about isn't actually a threat, but just a perceived pattern. Our feelings often try to push us in one way or another based on desires or urgings or anxieties. Sometimes it's better to rise above that noise, take stock of what is really happening, what's the likelihood of what could happen next, and lean into the present moment, what is happening in the now. And if all else fails, just break up.